0: Hello everyone! Welcome to the first episode of the Perceiving Perceptions podcast. Now, since this is the first episode, I feel like there's a few things I should probably say just so it's out on the table. Everybody knows uh, I'm currently at work right now, and every time I record this podcast, I'm most likely just going to be at work. Um, I'm currently working as a janitor, though, so right now, you know, it's, it's not like there's a lot of people around or you know a lot of commotion going on, but. Uh, you know, you will hear, you know, a door close, open, or whatever. And me walking around, stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I have this uh, headset with, like, a microphone on it. But, uh, you know, I really don't don't mind. I think, because, uh, you know, I do consider myself a, a techie. Um, and I have a lot of experience with computers and things like that. And, uh, you know, I think I can edit, you know, the file to you know make it good enough um that's another thing i'm not expecting anything from this podcast i i'm a really antisocial person i don't have a lot of experience talking to people and you know talking with people uh that's you know one of the things that uh has bothered me for a long time in my life uh but i you know i could sit and think things through and you know it's not such a big deal um so I figure having a podcast, maybe, you know, it's a way that I could, I, you know, I could talk things through and, uh, you know, it's not like, you know, there's a person here or anything like that. So um, basically, I'm just going to be using this as a tool for myself. Um, I really like to understand why people think things they think and, uh, you know, just like perceiving everyone's perceptions is kind of, you know, originally I wanted to call the podcast... Um, examining the filter or cleaning the filter, because you know I really, I really do feel that everybody, everybody's perception is different, and you know it's it's a result of you know different events and things that happened in your life, and you know so everybody has a different way of looking at things, and uh, you know that's a big part of understanding and communicating with people, and you know so this is not really my strong suit, um, communicating with people. I feel like being able to speak my mind and you know speak the things that I that I'm feeling um, has to have some sort of benefit. Um, and not only that, it'll help me with my you know my speaking and uh, get get better at speaking because that you know that's another problem that I have. I'm I'm never comfortable, uh, I should say. But uh, yeah, so the Perceiving Perceptions podcast. This is mostly going to be like the first episode I'm guessing is going to be a lot of me just kind of explaining, you know, my past and my life and, you know, the things I think and why I think them, basically exposing my filter to you guys uh so you can get a better idea of how and why I perceive things and uh I feel like It'll be a really healthy exercise, if nothing else. So this episode, it's not like I have, you know, written material or I came in with a plan. I mean, the only plan I had, you know, it's, it's the first episode. So um, if, if you're going to have something where you're talking about perception, you're going to have to do a little bit of explaining of your own perception, you know. So I had an idea that this first episode is mostly going to be a meet- talking about myself, and you know, that, I mean, that's fine, Um, but it will be harder um, than probably normal, you know, episodes where, you know, I've already gotten everything out on the table, and, uh, you know, I don't have to explain myself every time, so I guess, um, I guess I'll just start, um, you know, I'm 27 years old. Uh when I was born I you know, I didn't really my my mom and dad weren't together. Um I'm not really gonna get into that, but um yeah, so I was basically born to a single mom and uh when I was really young, you know, before I could even remember really, um, she had gotten together with this guy. Um and base, I mean, basically, from the point I can remember, as my as my father figure, you know, this guy was my father figure. Um, his name is Jerry. I'll just go ahead and say that. I'm not going to say a last name or anything like that. Just so I have a name to reference off of. Uh, see, I, <laughs> sorry, I'm already getting kind of nervous because the way, the way, you know, everything works in my head and just speaking, you know, about emotions kind of kind of definitely not my strong suit um just trying to think of how to explain these things is is really really fucks me up gives me anxiety because you know big thing I always try to say to people you know I'm not trying to force perspective on you and you know I'm trying to just be open-minded and you know truly understand like I'm not gonna just because somebody has like a you know, a harsh uh, personality or, you know, they may be someone I don't click with. I, I really like to find out why they think the way things they think, you know, and, you know, everything that makes them up makes, makes up them, you know? Um, so talking about my emotions and stuff like that, um, since I'm not good at speaking this is really a difficult thing for me. And, Basically, letting, the, letting you guys know up front that way, it's kind of not a big surprise. So, yeah. Um, so, this guy, Jerry. Um, since I was three, four years old, you know, he's been my dad, my father figure. Um, but he was really the worst stepdad that, you know, I could have. Uh, he always beat the shit out of me and my mom. I always had to see my mom, you know, getting her ass beat and stuff like that. Um, I mean, there's been multiple nights that I, you know, I still remember when I was a kid trying to go to sleep and I used to hear my mom crying in the other room, which, you know, I'm guessing, you know, he was raping her or, you know, whatever the fuck he was doing. Um, I mean, there's tons of shit I could go on about this guy, but you know, he was a big part of my life and I feel like he, um, really fucked me up. Uh, I have a hard time trusting people. Um, believing people, you know, I mean, all these things that happen, they have such big impacts on your life. The the filter or the way people perceive things, the filter it runs through, I mean, it's really important if you could get to know truly what the, how the other person feels, you know, and uh, that's really what I, I'm trying to focus on here on the podcast, um, just being able to speak um, comfortably and not, you know, not have to worry about other people perceiving differently. I mean, I find it interesting with with speaking like this, since it's not to a person, but you know, it's just kind of like I can say whatever. It's not as big of a deal. I mean, I know what I'm planning on doing with, you know, things I'm saying and stuff like that, but there's kind of a disconnect, which I think I can use to my advantage with you know, the anxiety that I have with speaking and um, social interactions, stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, I had, you know, I had a brother and sister. Um, I was the oldest, um, but I wasn't Jerry's true son because, you know, I have a different dad. So there was always that um, thing there between everybody. Um, especially him. I mean, he fucking hated me. Um, so, yeah, he would constantly beat my ass and put everybody down, and he was just a complete abusive asshole, you know, drank all day, fucking come home from work, and that's the first thing, that's the only thing he cares about, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, you know, that was the, that was the only thing. Um, but once... I I remember one time specifically... I was getting in trouble, I don't know what for, but, uh, he had a friend over and they were drinking, I had gotten in trouble and, you know, whenever I get, like, when I, when I would get in trouble, I mean, he would take his aggression out on me, but, you know, if he, there's like a friend or something he has over, it it would be, you know, more private type thing and he wouldn't want other people to see what's really going on, um, and so, you know, he take, he took me to the room and, uh. Yelled at me for a while, and basically, I mean, he. This is gonna be weird because because sometimes I like to take a break and think about what I'm trying to say because I my mind gets ahead of me um, a lot of the time, but so yeah, his friend is over, and uh, basically, I'm sitting in my room. And he goes back down, and maybe 20, 15, 20 minutes later, he comes back up and starts uh, giving me a spanking. Now, you know, I have no problem with, like, you know, punishment and stuff like that, capital punishment. You know, like, spanking, I mean, if you deserved that shit, you deserved it. I mean, there's no getting around it, but his punishment was weird. I mean... It wasn't just like, oh, go to your room, and now you're gonna get a spanking, and uh, whatever, you know, you're grounded, whatever. It it was as soon as he he had a reason, he fucking grabs a hold of you, and he's throwing you around. Fucking, he's he's a navy guy too, so I mean, you know, he's a big guy, especially I'm I'm a little kid. Um, but anyway, back to the thing. Uh, He finally comes back up, and he says that I to get you know a spanking or whatever that'll be my punishment, and he it was <laughs> he starts okay so he starts spanking me I'm laying on the bed uh, pants down it was bare ass um, he starts spanking me fucking hard and hard and hard and I've gotten spankings from him before to where you know um, you know I'm crying or whatever I'm a little kid uh, but. This time I wasn't crying like he he was fucking wailing on me and I could tell that whenever I wouldn't start crying he would try harder and harder just fucking trying to lay into me and it didn't affect me um he finally finished that and I was uh, allowed to come out of my room or whatever and I made it a point because I felt so proud of myself that I didn't start crying to go and walk And, like, make eye contact with his friend and be like, look, dude, I'm not fucking crying. Because I know he could hear all the shit that's going on in that room. Um, And he's just, you know, just sitting there. Um, But I felt so much pride that I didn't cry from that. And uh, that's really when a lot of the physical abuse really ramped up. Because me showing him that he didn't have power over me with that. That pissed him off, and uh, you could tell. But um, so yeah, you know, the that continued on. um, And what can I do? You know, he's a big guy. I'm like fucking eight, nine, something like that. Um, He's just such a manipulative asshole, and he had my whole family fucked up. Uh, My mom and my brother and sister—they fucking won't even talk to me uh, anymore. Um, because finally my mom divorced him and basically she got with this other guy named Joe. Okay. I'm not going to put any names, last names on it, but I need a, you know, I need a name to throw out. Um, so there you go. Um, now this guy, he was abusive as well, but you know, it was a little bit different. Uh, he was only emotional abusive. Like he wasn't, he wouldn't Put his hands on me or my mom or anything like that. But uh, there was definitely a lot of emotional abuse that uh, continued for a long fucking time. Um, but, you know, at that, you know, around that age, I was probably, what, 11, 12 probably, Yeah, probably like 10 or 11, actually. Um, me and my mom were living at my grandparents' house, and uh, after she left Jerry, and uh, that was the. The next male father figure that I had, basically, um, and don't get me wrong, G- Joe is a great guy. Uh, he, I mean, he's helped my family. He's helped my mom a whole a, a whole lot. Um, and but he's also done a lot of bad. Um, I never really had anybody fucking who actually helped me in my... Nah, man, I can't even say that. Um, Man, how am I trying to say this? I never really had anybody who fucking just told me to be me. And, you know, let me just do my own thing. And, like... I mean, I understand as a parent. I mean, because I'm a parent now. And, you know, that really... That do- really does change some things. But... um, I mean, I understand if... You, you know, parenting, like how you have to be in your kid's life and you have to kind of give them ground rules and things like that. But, I mean, I never, like, I've been artistic. I've never had support for that. Uh, I mean, my mom, she was, you know, she was supportive of me, but my father figures were always put you down and fucking basically tell you your shit, um, stuff like that. I mean, so it's kind of, I've never really had someone to show me that support uh, at that young age that really, you know, would, would it let me continue flourishing. you know, what I want to do. Um, you know, I've always thought about that and that's definitely not going to be something that my kid is going to experience, but, neither, you know, neither is, you know, most of the negative events you experience in your life. I mean, isn't that the goal of parents? I mean, give your kids what you couldn't have, and make make sure everything's better for them. But uh, so yeah, um, you know, mental abuse that just from from basically the day I was born, you know, being mentally abused, no father figure, not not a worthy one, I should say. I mean, if you know, if you're a child. You need to have that safe space. You need to have, you know, dad. Like, if you have a dad and you know you could, you know, do anything, say anything with him and not, I mean, when dad comes home and you're just worried about getting your ass beat because you know that's what he's going to do. That's not much of a, you know, that's not much of a father figure. Um, I mean, at least, I mean, there's definitely a problem with it. He, uh. His dad was the same way to him. And, and, you know, that's probably why he was doing it. I mean, but, you know, then again, my dad was the same to me. But I'm not going to be like that for, you know, for my children. I mean, I'm going to be the fucking opposite. Um, And I am being, you know, basically the opposite. Um, But, yeah, until I was 18, basically, I was there. With them, um, Joe and my mom. Um, and it was still more of the same, you know, just no... Um, like, they they didn't care what my passion was and they had no... Because I was really into music and uh, making music. And, you know, I, I was pretty good. I'm not going to say I was, I was like the best, but, you know, I, I was decent. Uh, It was definitely something I could have worked at and continued to sharpen that blade, you know. Uh, Actually, I have a friend, a really close friend of mine. He's doing really well right now. And uh, we started from the same fucking place. We started doing the same thing. Um, And, you know, he he had people who supported him. And I didn't. Um, You know, it's not not an excuse, but... um, it's obvious that if I would have had support and people who really told me I could, um, that, you know, it could have went different. Living there with my mom and Joe was interesting. I mean, obviously, I mean, we didn't really get along and all that. Um, so, you know, when I, when I lived there, um, at first, you know, I was still in middle school and, you know, I, I was the rebellious kid or whatever, trying to basically do the opposite of what I should be doing, um, and you know that followed me into high school, and you know that that was really my role. You know, I was just rebellious and you know smoked weed and ditched class and you know basically did all the shit I uh, shouldn't have been doing. Um, but that was a really important uh, part of my life because at that time I I was part of the whole shock and awe scene, I mean, you know, say things and do things just to, you know, get a reaction out of people and kind of impose a, a false uh, per- perception on, on everybody. Um, and, uh, I really use that to, uh, kind of mold my character and portray myself as that. And, uh, I mean, which, you know, at the time wasn't such a good thing, but, you know, now that I'm a little bit older, I kind of realize you know, how, I was acting and, you know, you know, the fact that that wasn't, it's not the best thing. And, you know, I learned from that obviously. And, you know, since I've been through that now, you know, my life is more, um, you know, I have had that experience. So I know, you know, what I didn't want to be like. Um, but, uh, a lot of the whole rebellious thing, uh, I mean, Joe really helped out with that. I mean, I'm not going to get into the, the, my whole philosophy on uh, a lot of things in this episode, because I'm just kind of, kind of trying to explain my perspective and stuff like that. But you know, Joe was a big influence on uh, you know why why I feel the way I do about uh, humans in general, and you know their effect on the planet and uh, you know everything that they're doing. Um, but yeah, um, you know, I basically as I look back now. You know, school days, uh, you know, school time in my life was basically a big learning experience that uh, I learned from and, uh, you know, used to grow today. Once I turned 18, I was pretty sure I was going to have to go into the military. Um, That was my plan. Uh, I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to be there. I mean, it was really bad. Obviously, we didn't get along, me and Joe. Like, it was just always fucking just bickering back and forth, that kind of shit. And, you know, at that point, my social anxiety was so. You know, when I tell people I have social anxiety, I mean, I get that people have, you know, people understand people have social anxiety and, you know, anxiety gets the best of people. Um, But, goddamn. Like, to this day, my. My fucking oh man, I don't know. I I feel like I can't. Like usually, if I try to explain my anxiety to people, I usually like if I you know I'm not gonna go on a long-winded thing about it. Um, I usually break it down to you know if you have a puppy and you're beating the shit out of it from the day it's born, that puppy's gonna grow up and become an adult. It's not gonna it's not gonna like humans. Like it's gonna obviously be more reclusive and definitely not, you know, want to be in groups and things like that. Um, and the same as like, if you have a a puppy and you raise it until it's, you know, a teenager and then, and then you start beating the shit out of it. That's going to make it different. It's going to, once it's an adult, it's just going to be aggressive as fuck. Uh, you know, always on the lookout and like ready to attack basically. Um, and you know, the whole, the whole dog thing is just like, you know, example of how I feel it works with humans too. I mean, you know, if you you were a little kid and you know, your mom was on drugs and your stepdad was on drugs and your stepdad beat the shit out of you and your mom didn't give a fuck because she, if she did give a fuck, she would get beat the fuck up even more too. So it's just kind of like a vicious circle that, you know, just keeps going. And, uh, yeah, so the yeah, the puppy thing, yeah, that's I, I I like to say that when I it's hard if you try to talk with somebody because like being like being an empath, right? When you're talking to somebody, you're also like you know, you're feeling the things they're saying and you're understanding, you know, why they're saying what they're saying and stuff like that and you're you're connecting it to all these other things, and you're trying to figure. At least for me, you know, I'm always trying to figure, like, fuck, why did he? Why did he say that? Or, you know, did he mean? Did he say this because he was trying to say blah blah? You know what I mean? I'm like trying to connect it. <coughs> excuse me, trying to connect it to other things, and you know, make sense of everything. It's you know, it's part of perceiving things. And uh, when I meet new people and I'm or I'm talking around people, I always feel like. You know, some people are thinking things and perceiving me the wrong way, and uh, it's just a real big problem I have. I mean, you know, nobody's perfect. I definitely, you know, I'll say that. I mean, I'm definitely not perfect. Um, You know, I feel like my father in law. He he must feel like I hate him. He must he must feel like I hate his guts. Oh man. (sighs) You know, family functions and things like that where you have to gather around and you're talking to all these people, and you know, all these people have their preconceived notions about you, and you know, you have all your preconceived notions about them, and everybody, it's just, there's so much to worry about. I get so fucking anxious. Um, yeah, I haven't, I mean, I haven't spent quality time with my father-in-law since, like, ever. My wife and I have been married for so long. We've been married for, like, six years. Something like that. <sighs> I mean, at what point I mean, there's going to be a breaking point. I just... Whew, so much anxiety. Um, Yeah. I mean, I'm not perfect, for sure. I'm definitely very much not perfect. I mean, I definitely would like to change that. I mean, I mean I'm getting a little ahead of myself here, but, you know, after, after I left my parents' house, the plan was I was going to... Going into the military because that's really, you know, it, it, it was one avenue on which there's actually, you know, a foreseeable future on it. You know, like if I go into the military, they're gonna give me some skills. You know, they're gonna teach me some skills, and I'm gonna be able to put those to use for I don't know the rest of my life, and you know, there, there'd be some some sort of purpose there, but. Uh, you know, I talked to the recruiter and stuff like that, and uh, you know, I did their ASVAB test. I scored, I scored pretty well. Um, but you know, the last second, my buddy says I could room with him for a while, and uh, so I go ahead and just blow off the whole military thing, uh, and I go down with my my buddy Ryan. Uh, he, you know, he has a girlfriend. And kids, um, it's a like that uh, that was a complicated chapter. Uh, a lot of things happened there, but you know, at this point, I am older, and like I said, I, you know, I was 18, 19 something like that. Um, so my perspective was already pretty molded from that point. I mean, I've I've understood the things I understand, you know, for a long time. It's, Man, since maybe 12, 13, around there. I mean, a lot of the same feelings and views and things like that I have, you know, I've had from back then. They've just continued to evolve, you know, with how my perception evolves. But still the same basic uh, beliefs and understandings. But, uh, yeah, when I uh, when I moved out there, I met my wife. Amanda, she, uh, you know, I love her. She was, like, the perfect person for me. She she is so loving. When I first met her, I knew, I mean, that there was something special about her. She she was in, like, the family that always pawned the kids off onto her. So she was, like, already a mom. I knew she was going to be the the best mom ever. Um, which is a good thing because we ended up having a kid, um, his name, his name is Ray. He is so freaking cute. I named him Ray because my name is Ray. My dad's, my real dad's name is Ray. Um, and I figured I'd, you know, pass the name down one more time and give it, give it a chance that I'm actually going to be there for him and shit. So it's going to work out, but uh, yeah, so his name is Ray. He's so sweet. He's like a little clone of me. Um, and, you know, people say when you have a kid, like, it really changes shit. And it really changes, um, it changes you. And, you know, you hear that and you're like, oh, this guy's an asshole. Or whatever, you know. This guy, you know. <laughs> you know, I'm not like Brian on Family Guy when he had a kid, you know. Um, But anyway, he, he's really, it makes you think. I mean, my friend Matt tries to put it in terms of like thinking in the future, which I could totally see his point, but it, I mean, it's like when you have a kid and you've had such a fucked up life that you want the exact opposite for your, your child It really makes you kind of self analyze and like try to figure out the things that really are still, you know, affecting you and try to do things that will, you know, make, like that'll make up for that and keep those out of your kid's life. And, you know, he's three, my son. And, you know, since then, I've really started to change. I mean, I would say for the better. I mean, it's not like I I changed who I am. Uh, I just kind of, you know, grew up a little bit more, um, you know, perceived a little bit more and changed accordingly, uh, dealing with a little bit different perspective now. Like, you know, my, not just thinking of, you know, myself, but, you know, my family. Um yeah, and uh, once he was born, I, a lot of things started happening. Uh, like, right before he was born, I had a good job, you know. I was the assistant manager at Radio Shack, uh, you know, working full-time, doing... You know, I was doing good. Like, I had a kid coming, and, you know, I was saving money, and, you know, I was making money. Um, And my boss at that Radio Shack was a real piece of shit. He... uh uh, yeah, I'm not even gonna really get into that, but he was um, he was a fucking piece of work. He had he had me so stressed, uh, man. I was shitting blood, like at work. I would go to the bathroom because I thought I had to shit, and I would go shit, and it would just be blood. I fucking uh, tell one of my coworkers, uh, who was you know a good friend of mine at the time, and uh, I went to the hospital and took a couple weeks off of work. Because I I needed just to rest. Um, This guy was fucking running me through. Um, During those couple weeks, I realized... Like, you know, look. I can't fucking just trade my soul for money. Like, I understand I have a kid coming and stuff like that. But, man, I really need to jump out of this fucking groove... Before I get stuck in a funk, you know. Um, And I'm fucking just stuck there. Uh, so I mean that's what I did. I quit my job and I got a job selling solar systems. There was this company where it's like basically I go out and I'm like quoting them and like looking at their property and like you know quoting them like the price for everything. And if I can get them to sign the papers, you know it's it's a commission based job. So boom, ten percent right there. And uh, you know um, my wife was fucking. I mean I was doing this as she uh as we had the baby as well um but I started you know you know before she had the child um that was another one of the big reasons i quit um was't just because of the stress but my uh it was my day off and uh my boss called me his name's tony and he <laughs> my wife picked up the phone and I was sleeping. I was passed out, you know, it was my day off, so I stayed up late that night or whatever, you know, whatever. Um and she can't wake me up. I'm like dead sleep, like probably just went to sleep a couple hours ago. And uh she's like, Oh, I'm sorry, I can't wait, I can't get him up like blah blah, blah. and he starts cussing her out and like just fucking yelling at her and it's like, dude, she's pregnant, bro. And you're gonna start, you're gonna do all this shit to her. Like, if you're gonna talk shit to me, when I'm at work working for you, that's one thing. But if you're gonna come and dump all this stress onto my wife, or you know she's my girlfriend at the time, uh, you're gonna dump all this stress on her and like cussing at her. And she, I mean, she was she she is really sensitive, um, and you know it made her cry. Uh, and that was fucked up. That was like the last straw. But so anyway, I got this job and, uh, you know, I didn't get paid for a while. I was going through the training and stuff like that. And, uh, I finally had a job where I was going to be making like $5,000 on this co- commission on this solar system. And, uh, you know, sales is kind of weird, you, especially like, I guess they called and they're like inquiring about the solar panels and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, and then the company I worked for, send someone, you know, like me over there to talk to them about it and give them information and pricing and stuff like that. And, uh, basically trying to, you know, get, you know, get some paper signed. Uh, and you know, this older lady, she, I mean, she wasn't too old. Um, <laughs> I mean, she definitely wasn't, uh, senile or anything like that. She was definitely of right mind, um you know i me and my partner we uh sold her these solar panels and she was happy um you know and nothing was shady about it it was you know it was a business so you know i mean there's a certain amount of you know whatever you want to say but you know we went there to sell her solar panels and that's what we did she uh signed the papers and uh I was, I was so happy. It was my first commission. And like, I, you know, I was getting stressed because I wasn't making money. And, you know, I had the kid come in. And uh, and then all of a sudden, boom, I'm, I'm going to get $5,000 commission check, you know. And so I'm happy. Uh, I had to – there was like a three – I think it was like a three-day grace period or whatever uh, for the contract to be finalized or whatever you want to say. Um, I guess it gives them a period so they can back out of it, uh, if they have second thoughts or whatever. And, uh, yeah. So those, those two days, I was really happy. You know, I thought I was going to make that sale, get that money and, you know, this was going to be a good job. You know, they didn't all say yes, but the ones who did, you know, they, you know, got me paid, uh, and you know, the three-day grace period before it was up, you know, they get a call from her and her daughter and the daughter says that we apparently took advantage of her, her you know, her mother, who bought the system, uh, of her own free will and she's, I mean, like I said, she wasn't senile. There's nothing wrong with her. I mean, her daughter just came, I mean, she didn't even live there, her daughter. Um, she just came and basically talked her out of it and, uh, you know i i couldn't i couldn't do it anymore i uh i mean i wasn't making money so the i mean and to put on top of it i was commuting like 30 minutes four, 45 minutes to work to do it you know uh, then that that really fucked me up cuz i thought everything was going to be set you know i have this job where you know i'm not you know killing myself as far as doing something i hate or you know, something like that, but, you know, I, I can make a decent amount of money and I'm not, you know, trading all my time for it. Um, and, uh, when that kind of got pulled out from under me, uh, you know, it just made me think that, you know, I can't do that. Like I can't, if I would have got that $5,000, you know, that would have done, I mean, I would have been able to keep going until the next sale, you know? And so It was like, you know, get pulled out from under me and I, I basically, I quit the job and I was, you know, I felt like shit about it because, you know, I have, you know, my son and stuff like that, but, you know, it was what I, what I had to do. And, uh, so yeah. And then I go, uh, and I'm figuring I'm going to have to really join the military this time. Uh. I've gave it a try, fucking tried to make something work, and my time was up. I mean, I, I mean, you know, I had a kid, and that was it. Um, and you know, I tried with the job, and I had a good job, and then I gave it up for something else, and that didn't work out. And so now I'm back to the military, and you know, in between my first time, you know, talking with recruiters and stuff like that. You know, I'd gotten a couple tattoos, and, uh, you know, I went to try the next time to, you know, enlist in the military. Um, there was, a there was like, a rule, like, if one-fourth of an exposed, or if one-fourth of a limb uh, is tattooed, like, one-fourth or more, then you get disqualified for it, or some shit like that. And, uh, you know, they do all the measurements and shit. And sure enough, I wasn't able to get fucking into the military this time. First time, I bailed on them. And then went ahead into my future. Got a bunch of tattoos and fucked that up for myself. And now I can't, you know, fall back onto it and, and use it. So, I mean, from there... You know, I've been pretty, I mean, pretty steady with j- this job. I've had this job for a couple years, at least on my timing like my dates and shit are all fucked up, but, um, I, yeah, I know it's been like two years, um, and you know, this is working. I'm, I'm rooming with, uh, a couple of, uh, a couple friends, They're, you know, the dude, Matt, he's like my brother, um you know when we were in school we always talked about rooming together and shit like that and that uh, you know finally happened um and it's cool he uh he he is actually an artist and uh you know he's usually working on something mm-hmm. fucking we got some time to hang out and fuck around we're actually uh thinking about doing a podcast together because we we get into some discussions and uh, they're pre- i mean they're pretty interesting we uh, and we we both talk a lot, especially if you smoke a little bit of weed, and you're just sitting there comfortable and talking. That's the thing. I mean, if you could be comfortable, like once you're comfortable, you feel like you could just say whatever, and it doesn't. Like he already has my perspective because you know we were friends since high school, and like he already understands, you know, what I've been through and what uh, you know. I mean, at this point, what we're going through together. Um, so yeah, um, me and my wife, and then him and his girlfriend, and then my son. We have uh, you know a three-bedroom house. Uh, we're splitting the rent, and it's you know it's really how it's making things easier. Um, I'm working as a janitor right now, but uh, you know I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out where I'm going in my life. Um, I I mean I have a pretty good idea. It's... I feel like a month after my son was born, I uh I knew that I was going to have to take a big step, uh, you know, to really ensure that a lot of the things that I went through my son won't go through. And uh, you know, I started uh going to jujitsu. Um, you know, I didn't bring it up in the beginning or anything like that because I you know, with this whole fucking new age, fucking trendy snowflake people Uh, you know if if you bring up one thing about fitness you know you're just you're a trendy guy fucking trying to be cool for everybody and impose this stupid perspective on them and you know i'm definitely not that guy um i started doing jujitsu because you know since i was a little kid i've been super interested in martial arts um if anything had things that anything to do with martial arts that was my shit like fucking it, you know the media I intook, took you know the movies the anime the manga uh, everything I mean man maybe when it comes to video games my favorite uh, you know my favorite genre of game is fighting game I love fighting games um, but I knew that if I started jiu-jitsu that would be something that me and my son could go through together. And it would really, I feel like it would really make up for a lot of things that I missed. You know, the discipline, um, just the, you know, the focus, the hard work that paid. Like if you stay focused and you stay with it, I mean, you will see results. You Things will pay off. And uh, something like that. I mean, it's a per, you know, it's a perfect thing to keep me interested and keep me focused because, you know, going to class, like, you know, most people are like, you know, two or three times a week going to class, but, you know, I'm, I'm there every day. Like currently right now I'm taking a week off because I just had some shit go down with, uh, a partner or a partner, a teammate, um, and, uh, he's a MMA fighter. He, uh, he's had one fight, but uh, I was giving him rides to the gym and stuff. Cause we live kind of close together. And, uh, I don't know, he, he's just a real asshole. I mean, there's no way to get past it. He, he wasn't grateful at all. And he gave me no respect. And, uh, so eventually I had to ditch him and, you know, part of the reason why I started giving him rides in the first place was because he was there every day like me. Um, or, you know, I was there every day like him. Uh, the morning class, that's where all the, you know, that's where you feel like you get the most gains, you know. Uh, there's, you know, the the main people that show up every time, you know. The same, you know, the same purple belts, the same brown belts, the same black belts. And, uh you know, it's just like a higher level of experience. Um, so I was always more into the AM classes and, uh, you know, currently I, you know, I go five times a week and then on the weekend we have a class that's just all drilling for, you know, three hours. So, you know, with Jitsu, I, I want to have a certain level of mastery before my, you know, before my son starts because, you know, my coach, He he's a black belt, and his kid, he, his kid is a beast, okay? He has won so many championships, or, you know, medals and shit like that. This kid, I mean, he says that his son is going to pretty much be able to surpass him once, you know, as soon as he's basically of the same size and weight and stuff like that. I mean, yeah, kids' jiu-jitsu today is fucking insane. These kids are nuts. But I, I definitely want to have a certain level of mastery before my, my kid gets into it. That way, you know, I'll still have that, still be able to grow into it with him and, and be able to help him and teach him through, you know, certain parts of it. But uh, the reason I went to jiu-jitsu after he was born, I mean, you know, I was, you know, I have nothing against people who smoke weed. That's another thing. People love weed. Alright? I love weed. My roommates love weed. All my friends love weed. All my family loves weed. Okay? So every, everybody loves weed. I like to smoke weed too. I love smoking weed. When I first found weed, was when I was like a teenager, you know? I'm like fucking 14 or 15 years old. And I start smoking weed. You know? I mean... So some of the first times I smoked weed was with my my buddy who's my roommate right now, Matt, and uh, you know everybody's fucking different, and that shit affects everyone completely differently. Every every person's different. When I, like when I smoke weed, everyone gets happy and cheery, and like they're they're all having a good time, and you know just smoke with a lot of people, and you know fucking they're having a good time together, and it, like really helps them chill out and just relax. But I mean for me it's to- it's different. I uh, I am the opposite of relaxed. It makes me like panic even more. It makes my anxiety you know even more dramatic. And it's just not something that is super effective in my life. Like when I smoke weed, I like to smoke weed on alone or like, if, if I'm going to be completely alone, that's the perfect time to smoke weed. Or, you know, if I'm, with, if I'm with a few people or, you know, a couple people who I'm super comfortable with. And, you know, because we know each other and, you know, everyone's on the same page and on the same level. I mean, then it's fine. I mean, I, I smoke with my, my best friends all the time. But when I started jiu-jitsu a lot of things became a lot more apparent to me uh, like uh, like scheduling, man, like managing your time, like what are you going to spend your focus on and you know a lot of things kind of started taking a backseat I mean like smoking weed and stuff, I mean there's nothing wrong with that, like you know you could have a great time doing that but for me, you know that would mostly be at night, so I'm going to stay up all night smoking weed and then get up and go to jiu-jitsu in the morning. I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I mean, like if I smoke weed, my mind's going to be racing and I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be fucking, that's another thing. Like weed affects me differently in the way that like everybody loves to eat. Like everybody fucking smokes weed and then they got the munchies like a motherfucker. Not me, dude. You can ask anybody. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Anybody that knows me or whatever. Um, yeah, if I smoke weed, I'm not eating shit for like f- three or four hours. Like, I would come home from work and, uh, you know, hey, man, you want to smoke a bowl? Oh, shit. Uh, uh, yeah, let me eat real quick. Fucking, yeah, smoking weed just kills my appetite. Now... I mean, that's not surprising to me because, like, the when I smoke weed, I don't feel the way everyone else feels, like, it makes them happy and more social and all this stuff. So, I mean, I mean, yeah, it's kind of weird, like, that it affects me differently, but, you know, it, you know, so does smoking it. Like, I mean, I'd still smoke it. I am saying, like, uh... You know what I'm saying. God, Fuck. Like, when I, people smoke weed and they're just having conversations and being sociable and everyone's laughing and having a good time, I'm just fucking sitting there, paranoid as fuck, looking at everybody, trying to figure out, you know, is he being a dick? Or is he trying to be a dick? <laughs> so, yeah, so... And it's always been like that. Um, so yeah, smoking weed. I mean, that took that took a back seat in my life, and then I feel like I. I mean, I was going through shit with that too. Um, you know, obviously, weed is not physically addictive, but I feel like it's definitely mentally addictive, and a lot of the, you know, a lot of the mentality that you that you can get when you're just smoking weed all day. Uh, is definitely not helpful. And not to mention, you know, I don't want my kid growing up, you know. That, that's I like to eliminate crutches in my life um, at this point. And uh, I definitely don't want my child thinking I need a crutch, you know. Um, or thinking that he'll he'll need a crutch. So, I mean, I mean, that's why I guess I started doing things with a little more a little more better idea of you know the end game I guess I guess you could say yeah so starting you know starting jiu-jitsu has has made me really understand what's important and what I need to be focusing on um it was hard though when I first started jiu-jitsu I'm a blue belt now uh I got my blue belt, uh, 2006, November 5th, got it from, uh, Charles Gracie. He, uh, came out and our school is uh, affiliated with Charles Gracie, but, uh, my coach is actually opening his own gym about like 10, 15 minutes away. And, uh, I'm definitely going to follow him because He's an amazing coach. Uh Carlos Zapata. He's uh you know, he's a Marine. He teaches combatives and shit like that. Um He's such a good guy. He man. I'm i I'm definitely gonna follow him to his new gym. But uh yeah, um also, you know, eating right. Like I used to eat like shit. Like when I was growing up, my mom didn't give a fuck. Like, oh man, we ate like shit, and it's weird when you have a kid and you're looking back at certain events in your life and, ooh, why did my, why did my parents decide to just do drugs instead of hang out with me, and like you know why did why did my mom not care that she fed me garbage all the time, like I understand like. You know, you work with what you get and you make, you know, you make shit work, you know, you do what you got to do and, you know, you know, you had to feed your kids, whatever you had, but she, like, she still doesn't get, she still eats like shit. I mean, I don't know. So now, like, I've always said, like, the only drug I've ever done, I smoked weed uh, and I've taken a couple I used to take these pills called uh, Soma uh, back in high school um, not too much I mean not a whole bunch I mean we did it a few times um, and I drank a bunch of cough syrup once that was fucked up I mean holy shit but, uh, but yeah I mean that's really all I, I, I do I've done uh, cause my mom you know she, she, you know she was into some. You know my mom did math a lot, <laughs> and uh, Joe, her boyfriend as well, and fuck Jerry as well, and the guy she's with right now, Ron, fucking piece of shit. But, you know, my mom going through that, I kind of learned. Uh, You know, stay away from drugs. I mean, you know, with weed, it's really different. Like, I still, a lot of people want to say they don't consider weed a drug. But, I mean, that doesn't really, I mean, it doesn't really make sense. Not to be a dick, but it doesn't really make sense to me because everything is a drug. Caffeine, that's a drug. Sugar, I mean, that's a drug. I mean smoking weed, that's a drug. I mean I love I love weed. It does help. It definitely has medical benefits. Medicinal value. Like I'm definitely on that side. Like I mean it's obvious. It's fucking obvious. I mean it's 2017. There's so there's so many examples that you can use. Uh cancer treatment. Um I mean, okay, if you boil it down to a like it's most base like if you say fucking appetite that having a medicine that gives you an appetite that's a medicine right but that's also a fucking drug okay so so when i say drugs you know there's there's a lot of connotations with that word i was just kind of wanting to clarify that but you know see my mom you know with math and stuff like that, I really understood that I really don't want to fuck with that. And, you know, I never did. I learned from my mom in in that regard. And, you know, I've always had, you know, since my son was born, I've always worried about that. Like, you know, you know, I never had to have that experience firsthand in front of my son. Like, you know, I was in front of my mom and he learned from my mistake. So, I uh, you know i've always worried that he's going to be doomed to repeat the mistake because you know he he you know it skipped a generation my mom did it so i didn't want to do it and then he never learned from me so then he did it but you know when people talk about jiu jitsu uh, the word lifestyle comes up a lot and not just like in the trendy fucking like fashionable way um but you know the lifestyle of jujitsu—it really is changed because you know you can't go to class every day if you eat like shit and you stay up all night. You can't do it. So it's like for like for the first time in my life, I actually have a normal sleeping schedule, and I'm not like fully fucking dependent on weed, you know. And I'm you know making healthy choices, and I, you know I'm making myself happy. I'm making my future you know more how I want it. And, you know, uh, now that I got my blue belt, um, you know, as I said, I'm working as a janitor. But, you know, there's a few different things that are available to me now. And uh, I'm just kind of trying to decide what, you know, what pathway I'm going to take, you know, in this fork. It's crazy. Uh, um I've gotten more comfortable now since when I first started recording the podcast. It was super awkward. Now I'm just kind of walking around, basically talking on the phone. It seems like just, you know, talking to someone who's not there. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, I'm not expecting anything from this podcast. Um, I'm, like I said, I'm using it more as a tool. Like... I can put my thoughts out there and, you know, actually manifest them essentially. And, uh, not only that, I can, uh, you know, have it for a reference point and, you know, um, certain emotions that come up uh, with certain topics and, you know, just things like that. Uh, I think it's going to be really helpful, uh, again, with like my speaking, um, and stuff like that. I think it would be, very useful yeah so um that's (laughs) that's basically where i'm at right now um that was basically my life fucking story i didn't want to um it's not like i wanted like a try to make a huge long podcast you know every episode Uh, i figured it would be you know 30 45 minutes per episode um meanwhile i've been going on now for almost an hour uh, that's actually pretty crazy. Um, but yeah, the first episode, you know, I figure it would be a lot of, you know, me just explaining myself and kind of how I think and how I, how my life has played out uh, just so hopefully there'll be a better idea of why my, you know, perspective is the way it is and kind of how it's been shaped and molded. uh Perspective is such a weird thing. I always talk to my buddy, Matt, about it. And the way we perceive perceptions and then start formulating what you would say is someone's perception is so delicate. Like, if somebody had a certain, you know, perception of somebody, of anybody... And they were introduced to certain information, their perception will always be different. Like it'll always like their perception can change in an instant. And I think that's why when I first meet new people, it's always so hard for me. I was just talking to Matt about this, um, because you know when I'm talking to somebody. I'm not trying to, you know, force a narrative on them or uh anything like that. And when I like when I meet people I don't bring up jujitsu because it's just part of the whole fucking, you know, two thousand seven you know, two thousand seventeen, excuse me, uh you know, trendy movement where everyone's so fashionable and oh look at me and look how cool I am and So certain topics you just can't talk about because people take the wrong perception of you. Like, man, you know, I'm really interested in, uh, you know, health and food and, you know, diet. Not not to the point where I'm like a fucking Hitler about it, you know? Like I'm not a Nazi about it. But on the same hand too, if I want to talk about it, I don't want to feel like I'm trying to push my beliefs on everybody else and I'm trying to get them to conform to the way I think. And, you know, when, when you're talking to somebody, especially as an empath, you know, when a, when a conversation is unfolding, you can kind of tell how the other person feels. And, you know, with the things that are said and how they're absorbed and how they're reacted to, you can kind of get an idea of the other person's perception you know what i mean i mean it's kind of i mean it gets convoluted but when you're when you're talking to somebody and you're trying to explain things to them the the way they react is always so questionable i mean i mean not questionable but you're never going to be satisfied basically like i always feel like i've said the wrong thing Or this person is thinking about me, uh, you know, in the wrong way. Because that's, you know, that's that's what I said to Matt uh, not even five hours ago. Like if you're meeting somebody new and, you know, a conversation unfolds a certain way and things were said and perceived real, you know, real loosely or, you know, pretty shaky. And then that person starts building your character on top of that foundation, you know, when, when, you're trying to convey a certain message to somebody, depending on how, you know, extreme their filter is, um, they could react in in like crazy ways. So, I mean, honestly, it's, you shouldn't be worried about what other people think. I mean, they I've always, you know, heard that, but it's different. My anxiety makes me think about shit like that a lot. And, you know, like I said, if someone builds your whole character image based on some real shaky shit, then that person's not really gonna like you. And, you know, if, you know, not everybody likes everybody, I get that. But if somebody doesn't like me because of something that either they're misinformed about, Or they misunderstand something. I mean that's a problem. I mean I definitely don't want anybody to. Not understand me. Nobody wants that. Everybody wants to be understood. Yeah so. This. Yeah this is. As you could probably tell. It's going to be all over the place. I'll probably get lost. A million times. Before I get back to my original fucking point. But yeah, I mean that's basically it. Um, really try to understand where people are coming from, because if you get the false idea about somebody and you and you know and you're building this narrative about this person, and it's all started on shaky you know foundation, that's 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 terrible. I mean something's gonna Something's gonna happen. I mean, you're not gonna, that person, I mean, you, two people could connect so well and based on a few sentences when you first meet can totally negate that whole experience. And, you know, like I said, that's normal. You know, people don't get along, personalities clash, people have disagreements. But that's, I mean, that's the reason to communicate with people, isn't it? I mean, if, if two people, are having a discussion. And they disagree on something. That's amazing. Because here you are. Two humans. With these insane minds. And you guys. Are coming to different conclusions. About the same topic. That's amazing. Explore that shit. You know. If you got a topic like that. You know. Start asking questions. Figure out. Try to get. An idea of why that person thinks the way they think that. You know, another thing me and Matt talk about a lot. You know, I always bring it back to the perception thing. Um, But it's really awkward when you're trying to when you're trying to speak your speak your feelings, like speak on your perception. Like when I tell Matt, I've used this example before. Like if I was to meet somebody. And, you know, within the first few sentences, I go into, you know, I was beat by my dad, and, you know, nobody loved me, and, you know, all this bullshit. They're going to be like, whoa, this guy is fucking weird. Whoa, there's something wrong with this fucking guy. And so when you're trying to be open-minded and speak your mind, you know, you can't just throw out all the details right away. And a big thing about it is, about perception, is seeing multiple, uh, you know, uh, fuck, what am I trying to say? You're seeing multiple, ah, Goddamn it. Hmm. Seeing multiple bits of information together, you know, like, yeah, I mean, perceiving information, you need multiple. You know, if you're trying to learn about somebody, like, what a, you know, I just told my whole life story, um, and I had to go over multiple events because they're all connected in what makes up my perception and what makes up my filter, like. You know, so if you can't, basically what I'm saying, if you can't reveal your whole filter all at once to somebody, you have to be really careful on what you do reveal, right? Because, I mean, like I said, you can say the wrong thing and that's, I mean, that's it. There's no going back from that. Yeah. Um... I guess that's a good you know a good place to to end it um that's basically what this podcast is gonna be about. just talking about um you know the way we perceive things and uh the effects of that and uh yeah the way i mean yeah, just the perception perception is such a powerful thing like it's so encompassing' Cause, you know I mean I don't need to go back into it, but Yeah, there's a lot to talk about um, with this idea. So, yeah, I think I'm gonna turn this off and uh, get this vacuum going. It's almost time to start vacuuming this piece of shit radio station. Fucking mainstream CW. Action now! We're the real news, guys. You want you want to watch it? Cause we are. It's the truth Alright, yeah, I guess you can uh, follow me on Twitter at Ray Fuma, that's R A Y F U M A, and uh, on Instagram as Underhooker, that's U N D E R H O O K E R. Uh, Basically, just post like some jujitsu shit. Um, Again, I'm not like super flaunty about my shit, so it's not like I'm posting pictures every day or anything like that. but you know, occasionally I'll post something that I think is funny, or a lot of the time if I'm working and uh, I see like some weird shit people have on their desk or something, I'll take a picture. Of it. So I mean, yeah, um, that uh, the Twitter thing, you know, I never, I never really got into social media uh, except for uh, Facebook, and uh, that was so my my grandparents can see pictures of my son. Um, but I, you know, I created a a Twitter, once I knew that I, that I was going to be a part of a couple podcasts. Um, I created a Twitter that way. I mean, you know, throw my hat in the ring or whatever. At least I'm there. Uh, so yeah, Ray Fuma at Twitter. Uh, Underhooker at Instagram. And uh, yeah, don't forget to fucking clean those filters.